Hello, this is Ken Perry with this week's Boots in the Field report. As time ticks on, we're moving closer and closer to harvest. As I look around, you can see the around here at the office anyway, the 2627 beans are in a pretty good turn. I'm getting reports coming in from guys checking moistures uh, from as high as on corn from as high as 42% down around 31%. Milk lines uh, for most fields are at or below the 50% milk line. Uh, so basically, it looks like we're going to have a lot of corn that's going to black layer in the next 5 to 10 days. Uh, maybe earlier in the dry areas, um, as some of that uh, corn that isn't yet, yet is being pushed along. Last couple of weeks, we are uh, have been seeing the, the scorching of the field edges in those dry areas. Uh, mainly, of course, that's your south edge and your west edge that would be bordered up against a bean field or an open area where that warmer, dry area has pushed into those outside rows and scorched them, uh, similar to what we see on typical dry years. Uh, and the, those plants have went ahead and um, you know died early and the ears are flipped down. And, and standability will be challenged there as well uh, as we continue to go on. We do continue to deal with uh, a late push of spider mites in some of those dry areas. Border spraying is holding most, uh, but in some cases the mites uh, have jumped the border and we may need to be more aggressive with our action on it. You know, threshold at this stage when we're dealing with beans, basically we don't want the beans to show any stress in that uh, most of them are late R5 to R6 is where we would be concerned about it. Those beans that are rolling into R7 where you got mature pods or looking pods on the stem, of course, you're going to let them go. They're too far gone. But basically, pest team needs to be watching those late threes, early fours in the dry area. These late, late rains uh, that we've been receiving here the last four or five days, they, they aren't going to be much help for the corn up in there it's it's probably too far gone but the beans are still adding yield so the uh, pest teams don't let uh, spider mites catch us off guard uh, out there as far as filling those later maturing beans this week the difference between susceptible fields uh, sprayed with a fungicide in the corn and those not sprayed uh, was very evident uh, sprayed fields are holding greener and the milk line movement is slower, which means better fill. Those susceptible fields that are coming down hard and haven't been sprayed, um, they're dying fast. Uh, you can see them visually from the road, from the air now. And the milk line is moving faster, meaning that we're going to have a little bit lighter test weight in those fields. Another thing that is pretty evident as I'm walking through the unsprayed fields is the presence of stalk diseases. So I'm seeing more top kill and uh, stalk rots, especially the diplodia stalk rots um, that are actually killing the plants. A lot of the top kill did come in uh, at the second ear as it aborted, but it's killed the top of the plant and definitely has slowed uh, the fill down. Some of the fields that we were in this week that weren't sprayed, we saw as high as 10% or more dead plants. Um, and those dead plants are dead plants among greener plants out there with the ear hanging down usually um, but that 10% would not pass the push test so if I stood up next to it and give it a stroke it would you know, break over and tip uh, tip over um, so a situation where as we walk through there and we're also seeing some of those fields where the 
uh, brown spot uh, that has girdled the nodes that we talked about earlier in podcast. As we push on some of those stocks now, they will snap off completely right at that node. So next week, the pest team needs to switch from scouting uh, pest to to actually scouting for harvestability. So we need to go through these fields and we need to have a ABC rating is typically what I use. The A's are those fields that need to come out first. So due to stock quality or ear shank conditions, those fields are going to get in trouble first and they're first on the list for the harvest team to go after. Now some of these non-traded cornfields are actually carrying quite a bit of corn borer damage in the ear shank. So as you go out there and you see a green plant sprayed or not with a fungicide and the ear is ripe and hanging down, check those shanks, uh, the scout team when you're out there, and look for corn borer holes because there's uh, corn borer damage in some fields that's actually pretty impressive which means that shank could fall apart on us and that ear could drop before we get there. So when we see corn borer damage, again, we move it up in the lineup just like we would with stock quality issues. We can't do anything about the corn borer uh, right now as far as you're not going to do any treatment just like you wouldn't do any treatment for an earworm at this stage. Um, but you do want to harvest those fields before those ears hit the ground and we lose that bushel and uh, we turn around and have to kill it next year. I want the pest team to reevaluate this harvest schedule on a weekly basis. Move fields up and down on the list as they uh, change. Because right now, moving forward, the next 25, 30 days, there'll be big changes in these fields that aren't evident right now. And you'll go back next week and say, wow, this thing has really changed as far as stock quality and those types of things. Once this plant dies, 10 days is a long time when we're talking about stock quality, meaning the Diplodius stock rot can trash a plant in that time. The yield checks this week have been running in corn between uh, 210-260 bushel range. Some areas I believe will be better than last year based on kernel counts and the good stands that we're running into. Other areas will be toe-to-toe with last year. Unfortunately though some areas are going to be pretty disappointing especially to the north. The question is, what do we divide by? You know, what, what are these kernels going to come out to? We know that's all about fill and the fill conditions that we see at the end of the season. And the amount of cloud cover that we've been dealing with last actually two weeks, maybe three weeks, isn't been the best compared to last year. Last year, low stand counts still equated to big yields due to one thing, and that was a tremendous fill period that we got to finish up. This year, um, the fill isn't going ideal, but with the higher kernel counts uh, and the stronger stands, I think they can make up that difference. So I, I do anticipate uh, this crop to be um, a fairly large crop when we're talking about corns. The beans, they continue to move along. Uh, more and more lodging uh, is occurring on every week. We can see the lodgings uh, is having an effect on fill. So as we look at some of these beans that have lodged, we are seeing some uh, filling issues on some of the pods. Uh, so that's going to be pulling us back a little bit. But with the beans lodging, it is uh, more, it's easier to see the white mold. So we're seeing white more white mold visibility, even from the road. You see those dead plants standing out in among the lodged beans that you couldn't see before. Some of the fields now are showing sudden death from the road. Uh, so for the pest team, when you're out there watching these fields as they start to turn, if a field turns early 
and doesn't turn uniformly, um, it probably better get out there and give it one last check for sudden death. So go ahead and split those stems and take a look at what's going on down there at the taproot. I'm not a fan of tall beans. Sure not a fan of lodged tall beans. So this will be a time-consuming bean harvest. With that said, I have not seen this kind of pod set on five-foot-tall beans ever. If this bean crop continues as it looks, it could be one for the record books. As we think about harvest, many, many acres ready at the same time, big if not record yields, one has to think about our capacity to move this crop. It, it may be the time to have a chat with your elevator managers and get their take on how this harvest is going to go down. Can they handle the volume uh, that's coming their way all at once? Uh, what does a record bean crop mean to an elevator? Especially when nobody wants our beans. For you guys with on-farm storage, we need to think this through. Will we be storing beans or will we be storing corn? And for sure, don't fill your storage first and then get in line at the elevator and have to wait out the rest of the harvest. Save that storage for the days when the elevator does shut you down so you can keep running and go to fill your own storage. I see bottlenecks ahead of us to get this big crop out. That's why the pest team has to switch to start looking for pecking orders as far as which fields need to come out so we aren't sitting there with a the field in trouble and don't have the ability to, to remove it as quick as we need to. Remember next week, we're having our combine uh, monitor calibration clinic. Our mapping crews in here can tell pretty quickly whether the grower has been through the combine clinic based on the quality of their maps. So keep that in mind. If you haven't been here in a while or you need a, need a refresher course or if you've never been here from a yield calibration, as we say, junk in, junk out. So it's good maps that are key to building a good program around that. So look for the agenda uh, for next week's meeting in the email. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.